I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Cinematic Universe, the podcast that's all about comic book movies, which you can find at cinematicmultiverse.com. I'm Joe Cunningham, and joining me to help make sense of the comics behind the movies are... Seb Patrick and James Hunt. Um, So, as you may have noticed from the title of this episode, this is a bonus San Diego Comic-Con episode. It's becoming an annual thing. There is just too much news coming out of San Diego for us to fit in a normal episode. So we... uh, we're going to do a bonus episode, and we're going to try and cover as much of it as possible, but boy, is there a lot, and it seems that, boy, is there a lot of big news this time around as well, on the big screen and the small screen. Even stuff that seemed like it was not going to be big news is big news, so we'll dive straight in, and... um While I'm sure there will be people bickering online about who won the weekend, was it DC, was it Marvel, nobody gives a shit, we just want nice things. And (laughs) it looks like we might have nice things from both of them. So we'll start with DC, who, in terms of actually showing footage and then sharing it with us lowly citizens at home who also want to see what's going on, they definitely scored some brownie points there. Um, DC started off by introducing Wonder Woman with a poster with some bright primary colours on it, guys, and a trailer which gives us our first proper look at what Gal Gadot is going to be like as Wonder Woman and how this movie is going to function, this World War One period piece starring Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. What did you think of it? Encouraged? You know, I, I didn't actually... I really think if there was a... If there was a mistake DC made with their stuff this weekend, it was not leaving enough space between the Wonder Woman trailer and um, Zack Snyder tweeting the um, Justice League reel. Because I saw that there was a Wonder Woman trailer, and I was like, oh, great, there's a Wonder Woman trailer. I'll look forward to watching that. But I wasn't in a position to watch it at the time that I saw from Twitter that it had gone online. By the time I went on Twitter to actually watch the Wonder Woman trailer, they had just put out the Justice League stuff. So it was obvious (laughs) what stuff I was going to rush to first. And so I didn't watch the Wonder Woman trailer until after the Justice League stuff, and it felt like it had been completely undercut and overshadowed by it. Um, When I did get around to watching it, it looks like a fun period piece um, superhero film in the vein of Captain America, which is obviously what they're going for in terms of the vibe. Mm. Um, I'm 
really not a very big Chris Pine fan, so just seeing him as the kind of you know the the romantic interest lead just wasn't very inspiring. Um, but um, I think you know Gal Gadot looks fantastic in the role. Do we know what the character's going to be like and if she's actually going to be an interesting take on the character? Not sure yet. Um, Kurt Busiek pointed out on Twitter that he's a little uncomfortable with them making her having be created by Zeus, which is kind of a bit of a, a change and sort of... I don't know if that's just a change to make it a god that people have actually heard of, but it does... It pushes her origins to be a little more male-centric than they perhaps should be. Right. Um, but otherwise, it it looks cool. It looks like it's got a very distinct aesthetic. Yeah, you know, I'm, I think this is the film that everyone's been pretty cautiously optimistic for ever since she showed up in Batman v Superman, and I don't think the trailer really did much to dispel that. So, um, I'm I'm sold on her as the Wonder Woman icon. I um, I've never seen Gal Gadot be asked to actually act, so that will <laughs> still be thing. a yeah. discovery for me. Um, and obviously, she's not acting in her native language, so um, yeah, I guess I guess that that the proof might be in the pudding there. Otherwise, I thought there was there was a lot of promise. But you can certainly buy her as an immortal warrior goddess. You know, it's yes. like in, yes, in terms of coming across that way on film, I think that she's pretty mm. nailed that. So. I mean, you said about the Cats in America stuff, they looked like there was fish out of water stuff in there as well. It looked like it had an edge of comedy. There was, um, it was, it was very bright. And for me, it felt at least like it had a very consistent tone throughout that trailer. You felt like you had an idea of what kind of movie it was going to be, um, which as much as the next trailer had a lot of stuff in it that I liked and was encouraged by, I have no idea what no. that Justice League movie is going to actually look like because boy does that footage lurch around from like kind of one <laughs> one tone to another and like broad comedy and then big action and then I mean and obviously it's a sizzle reel of footage. It's not even a proper trailer. It's not been filming for that long. They've thrown something together and I think quite bravely put it out there um for everyone to chew on. Um but it's kind of worked, hasn't it? Um, in terms of the reaction, it um, seems to have. Yeah, I I remain a little bit unconvinced. <laughs> well, it does it does sort of feel like they've gone. Please try not to think about Batman v Superman <laughs> as the yeah. lead into the next film. Like, look, this one's going to be fun. But but we you know we've spent so much time criticizing them for going oh my god how you how did you follow Man of Steel and do Batman v Superman how did you stick on that path so fair enough they're trying something different here it, it will just be interesting to me to see how different it is and how all of those kind of characters meeting cracking wise. Um, Batman smiling and grinning and telling jokes. Um, but, you know, isn't how that that's going to chime Ben with... Affleck playing Batman? It's like if you're going to have Ben Affleck play Batman, then give him a sense of humour. And they've actually no, that's done. That's that. fine. I just, I just, I'm just trying to imagine what it looks like in a finished film where you have Steppenwolf as a villain. Is it? And you know, we're gonna we're gonna have parademons and we're gonna have setting up the arrival of Darkseid and we're gonna have the return of Superman at some point. It's just I have no idea what that film's going to be like. And as much as there is stuff here that I go, okay, that looks fun. Love the look of Ezra Miller. Um, Jason Momoa looks fun. I mean, as much as I can get excited for the character of Aquaman, (laughs) I like Jason Momoa. I I liked the kind of different interplay between those different characters. 
I just I have no idea what that finished film is going to look like and I'm worried how fast they pivoted whether they know what that finished film is going to look like because I cannot <laughs> imagine I cannot imagine that the man who was making and saying the things he was saying during the promotion of Batman v Superman had any idea that those scenes were going to be in the movie he made next <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. Yeah. it is impossible to know exactly what it's going to be like but all we can judge it on so far is that photo which i've got to say that photo dropped and you know given that it features like three three characters who've been in films that okay i didn't hate batman v superman as much as some people but films that just did not work for me to drop that photo with those characters in and for me to look at that and go i'm pretty excited about this I think is is quite impressive. I know there are going to be people who will hate the Flash costume, but I think it's pretty great. I mean, it is just kind of... It's basically Iron, Iron Man, Man crossed with yeah. um, Brandon Routh's Atom. Um, yeah. But I think it's it's a, it's a... Given such a completely different direction they're going in for this version of the Flash, I think that works. I do... I wish this version of the Flash wasn't called Barry Allen. Um, just, just make him Bart Allen. I was watching that going like this is it doesn't feel very Barry Allen and I'm not a big Barry Allen fan. It's not like any recognisable version of and yeah, I'm not a massive Barry Allen fan prior to the T V series, but it's not any recognisable version of the character. They could have made him Bart Allen and just but does it it more of a blank people, not I really, think, but it's I, just I, I mean, I remember a lot of people saying like when the Green Lantern film came around, like why is it not John Stewart? John Stewart is the is the Green Lantern that most people know, so why would you make it Hal Jordan? And in this case, Barry Allen may be boring and he might not be anything like the character that you're planning to write in this film, but call him Barry Allen because that's, that's, at this point, because of the TV show, mm. that's who everyone thinks The Flash is. Yeah, and I you just, can save I think, doing Wally West for later. I just think it, it, it sets up you looking at two simultaneous versions and going how different they are and if he had a yeah, different like, name it wouldn't if, be as much of a problem if nothing else is bad branding to start having a character have no relation to different incarnations of that character yeah like they could have called him wally west and it wouldn't matter well they really. could have called him wally west but then you do open the question of you know wally west now is supposed to be black and it's bad enough that in dc rebirth they've brought back the oh, white okay. wally west and you've got two i didn't wally realize Wests. that to be fair um yeah what well, wally is in the flash as well um, in fact, he's going to okay, be Kid right. Flash in this. We're, we're going to get there. <laughs> um, I think, but they, but they could have called him Bart Allen. Um, that would have yep. worked because um, yep. Bart Allen, Joe, if you didn't know, Bart Allen is um, descendant from thousands of years in the future who ends up in the present. For a short while, he's a kid. Well, for a long while, he's a kid character called Impulse. But for a very short while, he got aged to adult age and became the Flash for about twelve issues. Oh, I'm and sure, he'll show off. up on Legends of Tomorrow. I'm in sure he will. Six. Um, but the point is, either, either way, he looks great, and I like the look of Ezra Miller and that take on the character. And you know, while it is a total rip off of Civil War, that scene with with Bruce and Barry was fun. I think Cyborg looks fantastic. I mean, no idea what the character is going to be like, but I think the visuals look really like not just in the photo, but in that bit of footage. And given that they would have had to knock together the CGI, I think the look of the character is really strong in that bit with Batman. I'm um, I'm not on I'm not completely sold there, but. <laughs> I don't feel particularly strongly about it. I mean, I'm disappointed the that, that Aquaman is showing a lot less flesh this time around. Like, yeah. mate, does he have a different costume for in and out of the sea? Maybe. A bit like he? Thor, when Thor sometimes has his arms out, but then he puts oh. the armor on when he's fighting. <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, you know, the visuals have never really been the problem in these films. Proof of the pudding, blah blah blah. But you know, I, I am 
a skeptic largely about these films and that photo and that sizzle reel have made me go oh i'm quite interested in this and so you know fair play to them for for what they've done here i think i think the only downside to the campaign is that they've overshadowed wonder woman but i think i think they've they've done they've played sdcc very well this year i think you're gonna go through the grieving process all over again Yep, I know. I'm just, looking forward to it. <laughs> I think DC have definitely pivoted in the way that they are marketing these films and they're trying to get ahead of the narrative this time. Um, we talked about that with Andrew on the Kingsman episode and I think, yes, they are absolutely going the right way about this. My only thought would be, next time you turn up to Comic-Con, do your panel on a different day from Marvel because Marvel coming afterwards, whether it's whether it's better or worse or whatever, or whether it's more exciting news or mm. less exciting news, people end the day talking about Marvel. And this despite the fact that Marvel didn't release footage online. Yeah, pretty other than for the film that's out in three months' time. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, just to wrap up the DC stuff, we got uh, a new Suicide Squad trailer, but we're not going to talk about that because we are going to be talking about <laughs> Suicide Squad in its entirety in a couple of weeks' time. Um, and we also got a Lego Batman trailer. Did either of you guys watch that one? I didn't, actually. I've, I saw the first one and loved it, but I haven't watched the, the second trailer. Okay. I will, no, but, no. It, yeah. it is all about Robin, voiced by Michael Sarah, and it is fantastic. <laughs> it looks like, honestly, you talk about gag, films being a gag a minute, this is going to be a gag every like tenth of a second. Um, it just, it's just non-stop, and it looks That's wonderful. just money in the bank, that film, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, especially after how well the Lego movie, I mean, the Lego movie, as far as I'm concerned, was one of the best films released that year, and mm. um, maybe all-time classic and i can't wait for that sequel um so this with lego batman yes that's in my wheelhouse um let's move over to marvel now though because that was the dc movie stuff at least and marvel to start with new logo new michael giacchino fanfare it's long um, isn't it it's very long (laughs) It is. It's It's it's, going to add to the running time of some already long movies. (laughs) But I'm cool with it because of the Michael Giacchino fanfare. I don't care what's on there. Giacchino's scoring Doctor Strange. um, And, I mean, I bemoaned, I will bemoan on our Spider-Man 2 episode uh, about Marvel's (laughs) lack of of consistency when it comes to composers. Michael Giacchino, as far as I'm concerned, is the best kind of... uh, well, the best young composer working. There's some, you know, John Williams is still around. So, um, but I don't think there's anyone doing his work as strong and as consistent as Michael Giacchino has done over the past ten years. And um, if Marvel can snap him up and kind of make him their go-to guy on a couple of their franchises, then yes. And if he, if I get a little bit of his music before every Marvel movie, I'm going to be delighted. So I was happy about that. Um, but Marvel's panel opened up with Black Panther. Um, James, I believe you predicted this correctly when I asked you who Michael B. Jordan was probably going to be playing. He's going to be Killmonger. It was a bit of an open goal, to be fair. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Lupita Nyong'o is going to be playing Nakia, who could potentially be villainous from Chatter Online. Um, so maybe working alongside Michael B. Jordan. Um, Danai Guerrero, who stars as Michonne on The Walking Dead, was announced as a cast member. She is going to be playing Okoye, who is the head of the Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje? Yeah, we talked about that? those last time, didn't we? Yes, and so it's encouraging. So basically, if you want our thoughts on Black Panther roles, go back to us talking on that little new segment. James and I are talking about potential 
Black Panther people. But um, that cast, when they assembled on stage, I it just it felt pretty exciting. And seeing my Twitter feed or sections of my Twitter feed kind of going, yeah, this is the movie that we have particularly wanted to see for a long time. I am... Um, properly psyched for Black Panther, especially after watching Creed about a month ago and falling in love with that movie. Um, I love what Ryan Coogler has done on his first couple of movies, and if he continues that with Black Panther, with this cast, I mean, we didn't even mention Chadwick Boseman was also there. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be pretty cool. Um, no footage there. That's uh, pretty early. I don't even think they've started filming Black Panther yet, um, so nothing in the way of footage there. Um, next up, though, was Doctor Strange, which we got a new trailer for. Seb, what did you think of the mystical Doctor House? <laughs> um, all of those magical powers, and he can't conjure up a decent accent from his mouth. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so bizarre, because it's like... It's Benedict Cumberbatch. Now, I'm not one of these people who dislikes Benedict Cumberbatch. I know there are a lot of those people out there. I think, you know... At, at certain roles and at what he does he's very good and you know on on the website recently i said he will be absolutely perfect to play the shade in a in a starman tv show and i stand by that and i think he's fantastic as sherlock but like you know benedict cumberbatch is renowned as an actor as much as as a star it's like the whole point about it is you put benedict cumberbatch in something and he's supposed to be a really good actor and, and I'm sure he'll be very good in Doctor Strange, but I'm not. H- how is his accent <laughs> so bad? How is someone who's supposed to be that good an actor doing that bad an accent? And how I mean, did they get that the far thing, into production and this not This is the notice? thing that baffles me about Cumberbatch, though, Seb. I don't understand where this reputation for being a great actor comes from. As far as I'm it's concerned... It's from him acting really well in things. No, but I, he's, think, he's, 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 I think he's very good at doing one particular thing. I, yeah. Honestly, I think in the in the imitation game, he is he should be locked up for that performance. It's <laughs> horrible. Absolutely horrible. The movies that he gets kind of thrown into is like when he pops up for a scene in 12 Years a Slave or something like that and you would expect oh it's Benedict Cumberbatch he's going to steal this scene and he's completely anonymous and for me he's fantastic in Sherlock he is great at that role and any slight deviation that I've ever seen him go away from it I've been disappointed and the only thing I've seen him do that was slightly different was um, in, because the first thing I saw him in was Stuart A Life Backwards um, that was him and Tom Hardy before they were both famous I've um, not seen that and they're both apt. they're both so good in that and um, I've, I've kind of liked I've liked him ever since then, but um, maybe I should give that a go. I've I've found him to be either generic posh pre Sherlock or just ge- like very good quirky. I mean, he is he is, even he is sl- generic posh, but he's he's a very good performance anyway. <laughs> but then, yeah, a slight deviation from his generic quirky, and you get the mm. imitation game. Um, I yeah, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not convinced about Cumberbatch. I hope I'm going to be wrong because I've never actually like aside from the imitation game, I've never thought, oh, this guy is flat out bad. Um, but you're right, the accent is dodgy here. Um, other than that, I, I mean, it just seems the film is selling itself hard on these trippy visuals. On um, it, it seems like again that Batman begins set up, but through the Inception lens, and that is an awful lot of Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I mean, you know, Batman Begins and Inception are both great films. I'm not sure this film would be as good as either of them. <laughs> Sorry? You're not a fan of Inception. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus I like wept. It. I like it. Um, <laughs> but I like, I like Christopher Nolan generally. Um, 
I think what this trailer shows and the way that people have reacted to this trailer in terms of the the people who've gone, oh, wow, this looks um, amazing, it looks like it will appeal to people who like the things that they like about Doctor Strange and the pe- kind of people who would have liked Doctor Strange back when it, the comics were first coming out and it was this amazing, trippy, countercultural thing. Not that the film looks like it's particularly going to be, you know, a countercultural masterpiece, but um, certainly the kind of the trippy visuals and stuff. So it looks like it will appeal to those people. It doesn't necessarily look like it will win over people who aren't really on board with the idea of Doctor Strange. And as we've discussed before, I'm not really on board with Doctor Strange. So I'll certainly see it and I will look forward to it potentially surprising me and I'm sure it'll be fun as these things always are but um i'd almost until, until this trailer came out i'd almost forgot that this was actually the this is the next one due isn't it from Mars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. november yeah i'd kind of forgotten that it was even coming out this year i was just kind of looking to next year and the stuff that's due then yeah. um because i, I just, just don't really think very of short. this I just, I just don't understand how you can watch this trailer and be like this film looks amazing because it's like they've basically got one sort of shtick which is like oh it's going sort of kaleidoscopy and they do that in every scene i mean that's that's my that's my worry from this trailer is that if that is the visual gimmick that's not going to be enough i've i've not been particularly wowed by scott derrickson's films in the past or which i think it was deliver us from evil with eric banner which wasn't uh, i i didn't love exorcism emily rose he didn't strike me just because he's a horror director. He didn't strike me as someone who could do something really visually interesting here in in a way that I I could I you know I kind of get James Wan being a guy that um, DC have gone after. Um, so I just think that if this if that visual if the visuals that are on show in this trailer are all they've got, um, the film could be in trouble because you're going to have to do better than a subpar Inception riff. Uh, you're you're going to have to get really trippy, and I hope that the film is holding stuff back visually. Um, I hope that it's it's just not showing its hand completely because I do like some of the character design. I think Mads Mikkelsen looks great. Um, I like what we've seen of Chiwetelesia for. I mean, the the caliber of the cast members are really good. Um, hopefully, Rachel McAdams isn't playing just a generic love interest because she <laughs> is capable of so much more than that. Um, so yeah, I guess. Uh, the, the trailer didn't do anything to convince me, um, but it hasn't it hasn't done anything wrong either. I'm just hoping that there is more than what we've seen so far. Yeah, I just I preferred mm-hmm. the last trailer, which felt a bit more story driven. Like it feels like they're trying to sell the film and the effects now, and that's like maybe I'm just being old and grumpy or whatever. But like, <laughs> I, you know, if I want to look at like something, you, James. if I want to look at something nice, I can go and watch any number of films like if i want superhero characters i'll go to marvel okay uh well we'll move on to thor ragnarok not an awful lot to say here other than that they showed off some of the planet hulk armor there is a new logo which looks very 80s video game inspired <laughs> which uh, really does is an not odd choice to like the guard the guardians logo looking in that style looks like you know yes see that it fits, yeah. but I, yeah, it's like, that's not the image I would think for Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok looking like a Sega Mega Drive game. Yeah. I mean, that's that's going early nineties, but the the point stands. Um, <laughs> uh, so that was weird, um, but 
I mean, I'm still, I'm still kind of so much looking forward to this movie because of the cast members we found out about. Taika Waititi, as part of the presentation, apparently showed a short film with Chris Hemsworth and uh, Mark Ruffalo living in a flat in Australia with some random guy. And like Thor had like a little bed next to his bed for Mjolnir, and he was drawing cartoons of Mjolnir being a hero himself with a little Mjolnir in his hand. <laughs> and Can it I... sounded like what we do in the shadows, but for Thor. Can I tell I you what, what confused me about about the Thor stuff at SDCC was they showed someone had like footage and pictures of Hulk's um, gladiator armor mm-hmm. from the film. Why is there a physical prop of the Hulk's armour from this <laughs> film when he's going to be rendered in CGI? Unless it's just something for it's something for that they've done to hold, to... but then how could how could the helmet go over his head? Exactly. It's not going to be the it... right scale. Yeah, I think they've just knocked it up as a thing yeah. to look cooler. Me too. At the Comic-Con, Especially... but I was just like, hang on, he's not actually going to wear that. It's all going to be CGI. Especially given they're mid-filming in Australia right now. And that's the reason why none of the people were there. So, like, yeah. oh yeah, we've just flown over the uh, the whole karma. My girlfriend was like, "Wait, where's my stuff?" I'm still, but it was enough to get the point this. across. Yeah, and the, the buzz sound for, for the footage that they did show in the hall sounded great. Apparently, Thor is sporting some kind of undercut haircut, which um, I know, like Thor geeks, got excited about the fact of Thor having his head shaved to any extent, and also that um, Kate Blanchett's healer looks incredible. She has the big antler horns and everything. So, mm. um, I'm still very much looking forward to that. Um, not as much though as I'm looking forward to Spider-Man Homecoming which was the next film up for Marvel Um, they confirmed Vulture as the villain but didn't explicitly confirm that Michael Keaton was in that role Um, I think we're all assuming but it's not 100% yet um, people at the panel said that the footage they, they showed looked very John Hughesy. that there was a Freaks and Geeks homage in it, which is a very nice thematic tie back to James Franco in the original films um <laughs> Apparently there's a moment in the footage where Peter is watching the Civil War fight on his laptop on YouTube and there is a scene where some girls in his school are playing a game of Fuck, Marry, Kill with Thor, Iron Man and Cap. Um, guys, could you be more excited for this film? A Freaks and Geeks inspired... John- Apparently the ki- they refer to themselves as the Breakfast Clubbers when they're on set because that's the kind of vibe they have. And that Tony Revolori's character in this clip could possibly be Flash Thompson. Um, I, which would um, be an I'd, interesting twist on that. I'd, I don't think we should give this stuff the oxygen of publicity because they won't re- release the footage. They, I'm, I'm annoyed at Marvel for showing footage at Comic-Con and not releasing it to the public the way that DC have. So um, as much as I'm tremendously excited for this film and want to see anything and everything to do with it, I don't want to discuss it in positive terms until they actually show us the footage. <laughs> Seb's taking a hard stance here, but uh, I respect it. I would also like them to release everything. I don't understand. I'm still bitter about the fact that at at Comic-Con in 2013, there was a trailer for the anniversary special of Doctor Who, which at that point, barely any footage had been seen from. And there was an exclusive trailer for SDCC that has, even after the special has aired, has never been released. We've (laughs) never seen that trailer. This is a BBC programme. And Comic-Con attendees got got to see footage exclusively. I'm, I'm... very anti this as a thing oh you're in all h so you get to see all of this stuff that nobody else gets to see no the big british not having letters it. down there the, on, um, the only thing i have to say about this is fuck thor marry cap kill iron man uh, uh 
Yes, it's not even a question, is it? Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Spot on. Um, okay, well, we'll move on to another movie that Seb is going to have a moral stand about not talking about. We have to talk about this, because I have questions. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. No, this have... one's fine, because they didn't show footage. Uh, yeah, they did. did they? Yeah. Did they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, to be fair, James Gunn has been saying for weeks, like, there there will be footage, but it's not going online because yes. it isn't finished, so... Yeah. <laughs> Although he did did drop something I consider to be a massive spoiler. Yes, yeah. okay, well, so if you want if you want to avoid the biggest possible Guardians of the Galaxy spoiler, which I can only assume is going to be in all the trailers and all the marketing from here on in... Well, that's the thing, I'm they not sure it counts as a spoiler because they've put it out there, well, so yeah. I... I've yeah. seen people calling it a spoiler, and until it's in an official trailer, I think it probably is. But Okay, guys, skip ahead maybe two minutes in the podcast if you don't want to hear this, because we'll address it straight away. Okay, so Guardians of the Galaxy 2, we got a new logo, we found out that the film is going to be set just a few months after the first film, which kind of breaks with the Marvel tradition of setting them all kind of in real time, almost. We have found out that Kurt Russell is going to be playing Ego, the living planet who is also Star-Lord's father. Guys. What? <laughs> I didn't huh? even know Ego the Planet was a thing, and I'm just wondering if he's a rip-off of Mogo how, or if Mogo... Ca- oh, no, how do you not know? Much longer, than, much longer ago than Mogo. So Mogo was a rip-off of Ego, then. <laughs> so apparently they announced that Kurt Russell was Ego, and then this clip plays where basically the conversation is had where Drax kind of confusingly says, like, wait, you have a penis? about Kurt Russell's ego um, because basically what's happened is Kurt Russell's ego has somehow impregnated Peter Quill's <laughs> I can't, mum. I can't tell if you're using ego as a like euphemism. <laughs> um and this but this clip imply, implies that basically ego is this really lonely character he's, he's literally a planet he epitomizes loneliness and so at one point he conjured up a corporeal form and that corporeal form kind of travelled the galaxy and eventually found Peter Quill's mother I don't, I, this, I mean the proof's going to be in the pudding but I have faith based on the first film that this is going to work and also if, Kurt Russell as Star-Lord's dad. I've got to say if I was doing a Guardians of the Galaxy 2 wish list Ego would have been on it Yeah, <laughs> because that's one of those Marvel concepts that like, it's just inherently ridiculous but also great fun <laughs> and like I, I want to see if anyone's going to do it it's going to be James Gunn so yeah. I'm glad um, that it we, is happening the, the thing about this film is that you know this film has completely earned the right for us to assume that anything and everything that it does <laughs> is going to be great it's just you know the the first film you know, it's not just that it was a great film it's that it was a great film out of something that you wouldn't have necessarily expected to be so great and so you know, I mean, with the possible exception of Spider-Man: Homecoming, there is no part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I'm more on board with than more Guardians of the Galaxy. So, whatever they're doing, I'm excited for. Yeah, I think yeah. After all of this, this might be the the Marvel film that I'm most looking forward to, even more than Spider-Man. How will we feel if it turns out to be bad, though? Oh, How we've bad been there is before. that going to feel? It we've just... been there before. Spider-Man three. Um, <laughs> I think this would feel worse. I think this would feel worse if this was Maybe. bad. Um, we also found out that Elizabeth Debicki is playing Aisha, also known as Kismet, which, James, you said she's like some big kind of like uh, intergalactic kind of... I think, Seb, actually, when you were on Fantasticast, did you do... 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Adam Warlock? Yes. Yeah. She's the female Adam Warlock. Oh, okay. okay. She's and her. It sounds like the the footage was hinting that Adam Warlock is not too far in Guardians of the Galaxy's future. Maybe in this one, maybe in a future film. Um, Sylvester Sloan is appearing. Presu- it, it sounds like he's going to be uh, in the I Nova Corps. That. <laughs> and Yondu Replacing has Peter a fin. Yes, um, yeah, Yondu has a fin on his head now, so apparently that's more comics accurate. Yes, he was he yep. was missing that in the first film. Yeah. So yeah, excellent. And also, Baby Groot stole the show. Uh, oh god, can't cannot wait for that movie. And finally, very excitingly, Brie Larson confirmed as Captain Marvel. Should we just talk we already, about, talked, about, we already talked about that? Didn't we? Yes, you already, I mean, we I, I wasn't there for that one, but I think I agree with most of what was said which was pretty positive right i mean she's a great actress and the age thing has come up but the film's a few years away i'm i'm pretty confident that it's mm. uh it's really good casting so and she and she she favorited uh well it's liked now isn't it she she liked um jamie mckelvey's tweet that was positive about it so she's quite oh. happy about that because <laughs> he designed the character and it's like you know that's pretty cool yeah. um we'll move over to marvel tv now um we'll start with the netflix stuff which uh probably doesn't need too much discussion but there is this lots of stuff that's been confirmed here there and everywhere punisher uh, this, there is definitely a series in production but there's no timeline on that net yet it sounds like it definitely will not be pre the defenders um Luke Cage, we got a trailer for Luke Cage, which um, looks, it just continues to look great. Um, the um, Chiro Hadari Koka, who is the showrunner, said, The show is what I call the Wu-Tangification of the Marvel Universe. Each episode was named after a different gangstar song. It's not just in terms of music, just also in terms of the pace, the way this fits together. I mean... I've never felt whiter than when I just read that <laughs> sentence. Um, and <laughs> I'm sure that a lot of this stuff is going to go over my head in terms of each kind of episode being named after a different track. Um, but the the feel of the trailer, the way it plays out to that song, um, Luke Cage is 
is looking really good. Um, so excited they, for that. They had a fight in a corridor, which is mandatory for all <laughs> like Marvel properties. But it was a yeah. good fight. So, like, I was yeah, watching was that like, with a huge grin on my face, thinking like, this Luke is what Cage I want to have a Luke Cage thing. Yeah, and just think, I mean, like, I mean, it's all heading towards all these characters clashing together. But the idea of ever seeing they're going to have Cage to have and... a big, a big corridor, cor- yeah. corridor big enough to fit four people in. Well, and Punisher, let's throw him in there, and Kingpin, yeah. and yeah, oh, <laughs> God, that corridor is going to be great. Um, Daredevil season three has been confirmed. No timeline. I'd imagine probably after the Defenders. Um, Iron Fist got a trailer. Not really much to it. Um, and kind of the opposite level of the excitement scale on Iron Fist. Don't know. About I would you say guys. if anything, if anything, the Iron Fist trailer put me off it more. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, it might be good, and now I've seen it, and I'm like, oh, it might might not be good. <laughs> yeah, it just it just looks so dull it, from concepts. Up and like, it just the other thing is what the like, other stuff that Marvel's doing. Nothing I saw in that trailer made me go, oh, that's Danny Rand, like. And I'm not a huge Iron Fist fan, but it just, it didn't, it wasn't like when you saw Charlie Cox and you went, holy shit, Mac Murdoch. I was just like, oh, it's a guy with a beard who doesn't look like Danny Rand. And I also, but I, I mean, I also felt like they were showing as the bare minimum possible <clears throat> and we'll probably get a, a oh, more yeah, substantial yeah, yeah. trailer later down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, that show is um, debuting in 2017. Also confirmed as debuting in 2017 was Defenders, which got a no-footage teaser trailer, but it confirmed that the show <laughs> is coming next year, and it was set to Nirvana's Come As You Are. I still so, feel like with Defenders, they're just going to keep pushing Defenders back while they do second and third seasons of other shows, and we'll I never actually get the Defenders. It's coming next year, Seb. I think the order that we are expecting now is, I think, probably... Luke Cage, then Iron Fist, and then whether Jessica Jones season two comes before or after the Defenders, I'm not sure. And then, um, and then uh, Daredevil season three, and probably Punisher after that. I do actually have an observation about this teaser, which is that it it had the new line of dialogue from Stick over the top. Oh yes, it did, of course, mm. didn't it? Yeah, so that's pretty much confirmed that they're going to be fighting the hand, as far as I'm concerned. What does he say? Something like, you guys are going to... think." He you says something like, you four think you can protect this whole city yourself, or something. No, he said, you, can, you think you can save New York? You can't even save yourselves. Yeah. And because it's because it's stick, it sounds like shave yourselves. Um, <laughs> which is great. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm, looking, I say, I'm looking forward to seeing all those characters on the screen together. Uh, but the Netflix stuff, I mean, I'm on board with most of it. I, I'm looking forward to a lot of it. Um, but it feels like, in terms of discussion, weirdly, it's much more interesting to talk about what's going on on ABC's Marvel shows. R.I.P. Agent Carter, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still on the air, and it's adding <laughs> Ghost Rider to season four. It's adding everyone's favourite Ghost Rider as well. It's, so it's Robbie Reyes' Ghost Rider. Yeah. They've not Johnny Blaze, not Daniel they- Ketch. Robbie Reyes, who was Ghost Rider for about 20 seconds. I seem to remember wasn't, um, when we had Sarah on our um, Ghost Rider episode, she was a fan of Robbie Reyes, wasn't she? That was the one that, yeah, that, that was the Ghost I Rider think... she checked out. He has some, he had some uh, inspiration from Zayn Malik in One Direction, or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, possibly in the character design. Yeah, but like... they've hired a 34-year-old actor to play him in the show, which seems strange. Oh no, actually, was was Alejandra Ghost Rider? Oh, I don't know. There, Robbie Reyes is like the most recent Ghost Rider, actually. I thought he was third, but he's the fourth. Okay. But yeah, 
He's not the not the iconic Ghost Rider. But my question is, what the hell is going on? What's happened with Agents of Shield? It was I... a Shield show that was kind of riffing on the movies, and then it had this Inhuman stuff running through it the whole way through. Now. Ah, fuck it, let's put Ghost Rider in there. What's going on? (laughs) I mean, I'm going to watch it because I'm going to want to see what what the hell is... Like, how is Coulson going to be interacting with Ghost Rider? I mean, this is one thing that is going to bring me back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because... Like oh god, their gimmick has worked, James. They've fucked us both. <laughs> well, they, yeah, they've, they've sat around a table going, right? How can we get James Hunt back? In like, they, the, the one person who we should have interested in this show, how are we going to do it? If they really cared, they would have put Dan Ketch in it because I'm the only person on the planet who prefers Dan Ketch to any other Ghost Rider. They'll be, now, they'll be going after Al Kennedy by putting Speedball in it next. <laughs> <laughs> now, so the the thing that I did wonder here is obviously this is I think this is. Um, indicative of a larger trend in superhero movies and TV which is that there seems to be a much greater freedom now to just use characters. If you want to use a character and you have a compelling reason to do so, it feels like the like with Jeff Johns becoming more involved over at DC that there seems to be more freedom for the DC shows. You can see some of the characters that Supergirl has been announcing using. The fact that they are actually going to show Superman. They're going to introduce um, Batman characters. We might. There are rumours that Batwoman and Oracle are going to be on season two of Supergirl. I do wonder whether that Ghost Rider in Agents of Shield is the maybe the first sign that we don't have to necessarily rule out the ABC and Netflix shows connecting at some point I, because Ghost Rider think, feels like a piece of connective tissue that really could work there. I think you're right about that on the Warner side. Like for Marvel, I think I can't see anyone voluntarily choosing to use Robbie Reyes when Johnny Blaze is available. Like, I think they went, you can have a Ghost Rider because we've got four of them, but you can't have the main <laughs> the main one. Yeah. I think that's what happened. Like, and that's fine, because there's obviously, like, no one's got any immediate plans for Ghost Rider because he's got two bombs in the cinema and Netflix have got their hands tied for years with all the stuff they've been making. So fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, I think they, I think they've gone, here are some dregs. Yeah. <laughs> rather than rather than we've got like I mean that's always been the the agents of shield thing is here are some characters no one else wants with the possible exception of graviton well even him they just stuck in a fridge didn't they yeah i mean graviton and enchantress are the only two not enchantress sorry um oh who was it was it enchantress that other asgardian that oh, no yeah. it was another asgardian wasn't it lorelei <clears throat> lorelei yeah yes lorelei yeah like those are the only two characters who i've gone i can imagine them turning up in a film yeah uh, someone also pointed out to us online that there is obviously a connection in the comics between Robbie Reyes and Hyde, and that Hyde has been a show on Marvel, so maybe we'll be getting some Carl McLaughlin back, which would be <laughs> another another reason why I might be tempted to come back to the show. Um, the reason I was talking about all that freedom and all that kind of that changing tide in superhero stuff was because we also got the trailer for Legion premiered at Comic-Con, and interestingly... Fox weren't there and it was presented by Joe Quesada Um, and so this was a Marvel presentation of this trailer and it has been announced as a co-production between Marvel Television and FX Um, the new show, the new um, X-Men spin-off show that has been announced has been in development um, was announced as a Marvel Fox co-production and obviously this is huge 
that those two companies are working together. And yes, there is a big difference between Marvel films and Marvel TV, but it's starting to happen, and it's it's a step in the right direction. And I do wonder whether it means that Marvel is starting to look both as a as a studio and as a comics producer and go gone. Maybe we shouldn't have been pushing the Inhumans as hard. That's not really worked. Let's pivot back towards the X-Men. And if we're going to do that, we should probably open up some kind of dialogue with Fox. And obviously, from Fox's point of view, I'm sure that they love Marvel's help and involvement on these kind of projects. The problem with this is, like that. I, I hope you're right, but at the same time... I've seen the Legion trailer, and if it wasn't for the word mutant, I wouldn't have noticed <laughs> it was related to the comics in any way. Oh, no. Oh, well, in, in this particular case, I'm not sure that it matters. I think it's just what it represents. Um, having said that, I thought this trailer was great. I It looks like a good lo- show. It yeah. looks like nothing else on television. It's from Noah Hawley. It's on FX. There is Marvel involvement. Yeah, where do I sign? I will. Yeah, <laughs> I like, will watch this every single week. Seb, you must be psyched for this show, given that it's Fargo is one of your favourite television shows, right? So Noah Noah Hawley doing a Legion show. Uh, yeah, although I haven't watched the trailer, um, which I probably <laughs> should do. Um, but um, yes, the, the, the idea reason- of. There is a crazy song and dance sequence in the middle of it. That um, okay? No, I I will have to watch the trailer. It's just that um, there's yeah, so many, <laughs> so many other things coming out. Um, but yeah, the fact that it's Noah Hawley um, is great. As is the fact that it's got Aubrey Plaza in it. Um, mm. And there's who from there's some people from Fargo in it, aren't there? Gene Smart, I think. I'm sure some of the other cast members of, of Fargo have been mentioned. Can't remember without googling to be honest. Um, but yeah, I was a, I'm a big, big fan of Fargo. So um, yeah, I will you know follow what Noah Hawley does. But yeah, from the sound of it, it does seem like it's one of these shows that the fact that it happens to be based on a Marvel comic is very much incidental. It yeah. doesn't actually uh, um, inform it very much. But we'll see. There, there's we'll different. See. There's, it's definitely mentioned, and I think we'll. I don't know. It might it might surprise us as we go on. I definitely don't think we're going to hear the name Professor Xavier at any point. But um. <laughs> I, I I I like the fact that just looking at it on Wikipedia that um, the description of Aubrey Plaza's character includes the words "the likable energy of an impossible optimist," and uh, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen Aubrey Plaza play a character in that direction. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, that will be interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I was definitely I was sold on this trailer. I liked the look of Dan Stevens. Um, uh, the, his costume and his performance so definitely looking forward to that um, Seb I think this might be the main attraction for you, we're going to move over to DC television now um, first point is that um, joining Wentworth Miller and Neil McDonough as having a deal to star across all of the DC shows this season is Katie Cassidy whose Black Canary was killed off last year so we can probably expect to see her popping up on Legends of Tomorrow Arrow and Flash definitely and well, I guess we'll have to wait to see how Supergirl plays into this universe because everyone was playing very coy about how the show is going to be folded into the CUW universe. Um, no, no details on Supergirl because it's not in production yet, but um, everything else, lots of details. Trailers for all of the other three shows. We'll start off with The Flash, Seb. Flashpoint is going to have a subtle impact on the rest of the shows. We don't know what that impact is yet, but it's going to have a big impact on the flash 
We are going to be picking up a year on from the events at the end of last season. And Barry is in a Flashpoint universe. Um, We are going to have a speedster who shows up as a bad guy. We haven't been told who that is. We're going to have the big bad of the season is going to be Dr. Alchemy. He's going to be voiced by Tobin Bell, who was in... uh, He was the villain in Saw. He was Jigsaw in Saw. And... In the trailer, we see this kind of idyllic Barry back with his family, living a great life, but something's not quite right. And he also has a Hannibal Lecter figure in the form of Reverse Flash in a cage at Star Labs. Who, it's just kind of a shame that... um, It's not Harry. It's not. but Because it's interesting, actually, that there's, like, no Harrison in that entire trailer. But we know that... um, he showed up Tom on stage. Tom is, is. He was on stage and was uh, joking about how he wasn't <clears throat> going to be back. <laughs> so I, you know, they're obviously keeping to themselves what his role will be. So that'll be interesting to see. And and how long I guess we're going to be in this Flashpoint universe? I assumed one, two, three episodes. This, I mean, I guess probably most of this footage is from the first episode or two, but it looked to me like it could potentially be lasting longer than we thought. Um, yeah, it's. Uh... It could be, but it's difficult to... Because uh, you don't know how many episodes worth <laughs> yeah. that footage has come from. Um, I think probably the other striking thing that we didn't know about in advance was the stuff with Cisco, um, And Cisco kind of being sort of the Harrison Wells, but also like massively successful. Like It looks like he owns like the location that is Star Labs in, in this timeline. Um, but is also like a rich, successful businessman. So um, that should be a lot of fun. Um, you get Wally is well. We're calling him Kid Flash, but he is the. Flash the implication seems to be that he's the Flash in this universe. Yeah. Um, the idea, of course, of Barry not actually knowing Joe and Iris because he didn't grow up with them because both his parents were alive um, is quite an interesting one. Mm. Um, it is disappointing that it's because I can't remember the actor's name, but um, the guy who plays the real. Um, Earbard Thorne just uh, he struggled with the fact that he was coming along to do it after Tom Kavanagh and it's just yeah. never really convinced for me as the villain as much and I agree yeah. I would much prefer it if it was in the body of Harrison Wells that it was reverse flash there but, but I did I did like you know, we'll the feel of it in the trailer it seemed yeah it no seemed that, that stuff could be really good and, and that line about who's the villain now and it's like that's kind of a victory yes. for the reverse flash the fact that he, and he's you know, right. Flash is a villain yeah exactly yeah he's right um so yeah, that all just looks really. Um, Doctor Alchemy know. Seb, who's he? I've heard the name. I don't really know anything about him, to be honest. Um, um, and didn't do you even know that he was a Flash villain? <laughs> um, do you have any like idea they're... who the guy in the black Flash suit is? No, I was because there was there was some set photos yes, where yeah, I don't yeah. think it was a recognisable actor in the costume. In the footage, he looked quite big and chunky and it got me wondering if it was John Wesley's ship but we've been down that route before so um, I don't know who it's supposed to be in terms of um, is it going to be you know well it's not Zoom is it Black Flash maybe Um, is it just a completely new creation that they've come up with I kind of have a feeling that it will just be the Flashpoint universe's Flash like it'll be Wally's villain Right, okay. for the duration that they're in that universe, I get the impression that like 
it will be someone who Wally is fighting, and it's just like an evil speedster that's just quite generic. Like he could even be called Zoom. He could even be that universe's Zoom or whatever. But mm. I, I'm not sure that char- that character looks like a character that they've created for the show, and that I would think will be incidental rather than important. Um, I think an interesting point that I picked up from some of the Arrow discussion was that Arrow's 100th episode will fall during the four-part crossover event between all four shows. That would be the eighth <clears throat> episode of the season for Arrow. Um, so it, it potentially we could be looking at kind of like the first third of the season being... Flashpoint. It could also potentially be wrapped up in a couple of episodes, and that four-point, four-part crossover could be more to do with folding Supergirl into the CW universe then as well. So, I mean, there's still a lot of stuff that's unclear, but I think mostly this flash footage just made me go, that looks like another Earth 2 kind of episode, except... um, maybe with much bigger emotional stakes and much bigger stakes for the show at large. So (laughs) this looked great. Um, I'll hop over to Arrow now, which I know not, (laughs) no one on this (laughs) podcast is as interested by, Um, but they are introducing an original villain in this, um, in in this season. He's going to be called Prometheus, but he's not going to be inspired by the DC character of that name. And that he's going to be kind of a product of Oliver's, killings in season one back when he was still killing all of the bad guys so i mean that sounded vaguely encouraging to me they there was the implication that the subtle changes to his universe might have something to do with diggle and that diggle might be a slightly different character now because of the flashpoint and if that means he's john stewart gonna keep on holding on out hope that uh, that show goes mad and just pulls the supergirl yeah we're gonna put martian manhunter in it that's what Arrow should do as well so yeah we got the trailer for that and then Seb I mean this sounds so much up your alley Legends of Tomorrow confirmed the Justice Society of America uh, in season 2 which is going to be made up of Hourman Stargirl Obsidian Doctor Midnight Commander Steel and Vixen but not the Vixen of the animated shows her grandmother I think because they couldn't the actress wasn't available (laughs) <laughs> it's it's um i mean i i watched the trailer for legends tomorrow even though i hadn't watched the first season and actually um watching that was the first time i realized because i also don't watch arrow that um white canary was played by stephanie from mad men which i didn't realize but okay. um, noticed her in that trailer but i watched it mainly to see if any of the jsa were in the trailer and our man is but the others aren't our, our man, man is showed up at the, he showed up at the end of last season as well oh right yeah um i don't think they've I mean, passed I did- most of the new ones yet the thing is it's the jsa but it's very much the the jeff johns influenced jsa the kind of the jsa that is a mixture of like in the, that's in the present day and is a mixture of heroes young heroes from the present and older heroes from the past um, which I'm less interested in than if they were just straight up going back to the 1940s and doing them in the 19. 19- which I suppose they could be because that's what the show's about and they could just be changing them. But like Stargirl, for example, is a very modern character, so you'd have to be doing something completely different with her to do her in the past. I think I explained this before, but I have, now that you've read the start of Starman, um, Stargirl, she doesn't appear in Starman very much, but she's a JSA character who he meets and she ultimately. Um, takes over the she she ends up with Jack's cosmic rod um, at the end of Starman when okay. won't spoiler it but 
the way in which he stops being Starman happens. Um, so, um, but I, I don't want to say what happens to him because I want you to read the whole series. But yeah, so I think it, for me though, Seb, the thing from this news was, I mean, because Legends of Tomorrow is a very, very camp, silly, let's mm. just do anything kind of show. And the thing that struck me more about this was who they are setting up for the villains of season two. So obviously they had one villain in Vandal Savage for season one. Spoiler alert, at the end of that season, Wentworth Miller's Captain Cold was killed off. But he will be back. He has that overall deal to appear on all four shows. And the villains of this season... I noticed he wasn't in the trailer. Yes, he died and um, the Hawk people were written out. But the villains in this season are going to be the Legion of Doom. And they're going to be made up of Wentworth Miller's Captain Cold, Malcolm Merlin, who was obviously John Barrowman from Over an Arrow, Damien Dark, who was the main villain on Arrow last season. Neil McDonough also has that... um, that uh, contract to appear on all of the shows and reverse flash from flash uh, the earbud form version who said was slightly disappointed by but it suggests that he's not going to be a constant over on flash this year he's going to be hopping around here there and everywhere but that to me just sounds fun because basically in captain cold and i mean you've got wentworth miller and john barrowman as half of your evil team that is going to be the hammiest of all hammy shows and I don't care what nonsense is going on, I'm probably going to watch it. It just sounds like silly fun, right? <laughs> yeah, if I can find the time to watch it, I'll watch it. Finding the time is difficult. <laughs> uh, okay, so that was the DC television. Um, guys, I'll just run over the main headlines and the rest of stuff. This is just kind of a... Um, probably not stuff we need to discuss, but it's uh, it is worth mentioning. Um, the Killing Joke debuted um <laughs> i think we'll talk about this at a future yeah let's point have a chat about that on a future episode this is definitely not something yeah. we can talk about quickly but batman mm. and batgirl have sex the dad of the bat family has sex with the daughter of the bat family so that sounds fun um and they make the rape stuff more explicit apparently <laughs> uh, the internet has been sufficiently well, trolled you by know that. if you're pitching to an audience who actually wanted to see an animated adaptation of killing joke then that's where you're going to end up isn't it but i've got anyway. to say if, if you want to there is a brilliant interview with bruce tim about this on vulture where bruce tim um i actually found this via it being shared by previous podcast <laughs> i saw um, this as well yeah. yes and it is it's just bizarre because everything he gets questioned on, he goes, oh no, we really didn't do that for thematic reasons, we just thought that would be cool. Or like, oh no, that wasn't there to say anything about sexism. And you're like, oh god, it seems worse when you say that you didn't think about it. Um, I would I would recommend reading that interview if you are planning on watching the film. I kind of want to watch it just out of curiosity, but I also don't want to like fund the, yeah. what, it, what it sounds like they've done there. Other DC animated stuff, Justice League Dark, which they've been trying to get off the ground for a long time. Guillermo del Toro wanted to make it as a live-action film. They're now just going to do a animated version of that. They're also doing a Teen Titans movie and a Batman and Harley Quinn, a Bruce Timm original. Um, Bruce Timm's going to follow up this with Batman and Harley Quinn, which I'm sure will not be problematic at all. Um, <laughs> and over at Marvel, they are doing some shorts um, with Rocket and Groot. In the in the style of Scotty Young, um, which is great. Oh. Scotty Young's Rocket Raccoon is fantastic, and just that little bit of animation, just the way that the character looked mm. in that little bit of animation that they showed, I was just like, 
that's wonderful. So yes, look forward to that. Totally on board for that. Um, and then um, kind of non-Marvel DC stuff. Um, the Russo brothers are going to be producing an adaptation of Deadly Class for Sony Pictures TV. That's they're going to try and shop that around the various networks and streaming platforms. And another image series, Black Magic, is being developed by producer Michael London, who produced The Illusionist, apparently. Um, and again, um, I think they're going to hope to bring that to TV screens. Uh, also announced at Comic-Con. Deep breath, guys. That's That was Comic-Con. We've missed some stuff, but we've yeah. included an awful lot. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good job there was never a, a comic of American Gods, or I could have spent about half an hour talking about that American Gods trailer. Yes, I, did, um. I quizzed Seven James about whether it was, whether it was podqu- podcast uh, eligible, and we decided it's probably not. It's just mm-hmm. adjacent. But it looks amazing. Yes, um, even though I still, I'm still baffled that that bloke out of Hollyoaks... Um, is... Like out of Dream Team. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember he was on Hollyoaks and his sister is the girl who is now in um, Game of Thrones and was in the last Fast and Furious film. Like that family, the guy, the third member of that family must be absolutely gutted. <laughs> um, guys, um, quickly pick one project out of all of these that you're most excited for. Guardians. <laughs> Guardians. Yeah, Guardians too, yeah. Uh... Guardians 2 or Spider-Man but the best my favourite bit of footage was the Flash trailer but Guardians 2 Um, I would say yeah I would say Guardians 2 is the thing I'm most excited for but uh, I mean uh, just uh, in terms of increasing my excitement DC did a job of going of making me more optimistic um but in terms of stuff that I'm definitely excited for, like, oh god, that Black Panther cast directed by Ryan Coogler, or oh, Brie Larson playing Captain Marvel, oh, Spider-Man, Guardians, even for Ragnarok, I, yeah, it's a good job I feel, that I, I feel, do this I podcast, feel like they're pushing Marvel. all of my buttons. <laughs> I feel like Marvel just had to turn up with the stuff that they had, yeah, and, yeah. and knew that that would be good. I think DC played it better in terms of knowing what to put out to get people talking about them in a positive way. Call it a draw. <laughs> we just don't need to put them in competition. No, I know. Uh, this is it's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. It's not a competition. The best thing for everyone is for all the companies to put out really good stuff. And I don't understand why people don't get this. Yeah. I mean, we you know, in the same breath like I can say that the stuff I'm most excited about film-wise is the Marvel stuff. That's because I've already seen and liked the Marvel stuff. DC, yeah. I feel, still has something to prove. On the TV level, I am kind of like going, what the hell are you doing, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? That sounds insane and probably going to be terrible, but I want to watch that Dodge Charger crash. And <laughs> DC TV stuff, I'm going, oh God, yes, please mainline the Flash into my brain immediately. So it really doesn't matter who's making it as long as it's good. And yeah. um, recently, a lot of it has been. So fingers crossed. Didn't even mention Gotham. <laughs> Is that still going? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I should mention this. Ben McKenzie said that his Commissioner Gordon could be another iconic DC character before the season has ended. I don't know what that means. I think I think he might be Batman. I think he might be Batman before Bruce Wayne is Batman. Someone's got to be Batman in this program. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> there can't be that Batman. There could be a it's Batman. It's going to be like in Smallville when you had like the entire DC universe existing yeah. before Superman. <laughs> he did rip open his shirt, though, Seb. Fair play. Yeah. Fair play. Um, okay, well, that was our San Diego Comic-Con bonus episode. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll be back later in the week with our Spider-Man 2 episode. And you can find out what we're doing after that by listening to the post credit sting on that episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you a couple of days. Yeah. Yep. Goodbye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.